0: Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast.
2: This is where we round up all the best bits from our live Saturday night show on talk radio. In this episode, you can hear from Bonnie Parsons, founder of Scene on Screen Dance, who taught us how to dance like Beyonce. We chatted to Una Sims, who is the Marsh Mellowist. You can hear the news stories which caught our eye this week. And we interview the incredible Laura Harper Hinton, who's the co-founder and creative director of Caravan. We hope you enjoy coming up next on the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Badass Women's Hour excel with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk
3: Radio. One, two,
0: three, four.
2: Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour XL, and no, it's not Harriet Minter, but it is Emma Sexton, Emma, <laughs> and it is Natalie Campbell, oh, yeah, and we are joined this week by Anna Williamson. Hi, Anna.
3: Hey, girls. Do you know what? It's so exciting to be here. Every time I'm in, in the week uh, on talk radio, it's with men, and I've got nothing, no problem with that, but them. being the here girl with girl. some yeah. girls. Thank you for having me. That's um, right. I hope I will keep Harriet's seat warm for it her. Could, <laughs>
2: it could go either way tonight, though, because uh, I'm... I'm trying to uh, take control of the main station, yeah, but, uh, you know, help me out tonight. Don't press ladies. any buttons. I'm not touching nothing. Don't <laughs> press nothing. stuff.
3: I don't press anything ever. Nothing. We just talk a lot. We yeah, just exactly. Talk. Yeah.
2: So our first segment, as always, is uh, news stories. What's caught our eye this week? Now, did you two, oh, you must have seen on social media, Coachella. Is it Coachella? Coachella. Coachella. Coachella, Coachella. And I was, I must admit, I was a bit like, oh, here we go. It's Coachella. Everyone's going to be taking pictures of themselves in lovely dresses. It's so fashion. fashion. It's so
3: Kardashian land, isn't it? But
2: then I remembered that Beyonce was headlining. And did any of you catch her performance?
4: Yes, I woke up to actually watch some of the live stream. And I ended up missing most of the live stream because I couldn't actually get online. But I caught up on social media at the same time and it looked epic. And there was lots of sort of um, conversations around, will she bring out Destiny's Child? Will uh, Jay-Z be there? What will the set list be like? And what I saw was, was I I literally, I was late for work.
3: Tell me, because I didn't get to see any of it go out live. So for anyone that that perhaps hasn't seen it, I mean, (laughs) come on describe it because I mean there were some outfits going on. Yeah well
2: her performance are always next level like I love her as a performer but what I didn't realise and Refinery29 had a great article this week were all the nods that she did in terms of black feminism, Mm. black history so not only does she do these mega performances but just lately and especially when she came out with Lemonade she really has start to acknowledge her heritage and to be quite political Um, but I think that if you didn't really know and I certainly didn't Without looking, so there were a couple of things that yeah. that were quite a big deal that she um, pointed out with, which is um, mainly so she was the first uh, woman of colour to headline. Uh, Coachella, And Coachella's been going since 1999. I mean, there's always a talk around festivals. So that in itself was an achievement. But she did um, a lot of tributes. So she did a tribute to historically black colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. So these were institutions of higher education in in the United States that were established before the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Uh, And they were primarily to serve African-American community who were basically kept out uh, and disqualified um, from these predominantly white institutions during the segregation she sang the black national anthem which is a song called lift every voice and sing which is acknowledged as the black um national anthem Mm -hmm. uh she played homage to black activists like malcolm x and nina simone She was celebrating black women's bodies and she honored her roots she got her sister solange on stage she got kelly and michelle so um i just think she is a mega mega performer so she blew my mind this week
4: and the social media chatter was that actually it wasn't about Coachella, it, it was, was Beychella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just, she absolutely how took How refreshing
3: over. and how nice! Yeah. Because as you say, a festival where it is, and I'm not knocking it, but you know, it's it, it, you know, it is everyone. You go, what can you wear? And I know obviously there is the festival fashion, a festival chic, but it's like as you say, it's about Bey. Bey is yeah. back, and you know what? As a mother, and she's a mother of, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, how is, many yeah. kids now? Yeah. I mean, yeah. ha, I mean, a, she three. looks incredible, yeah. and to be standing up there as a strong powerful woman headlining it and she's got the nippers as well back at home i am like yeah badass you go babe yes you go yeah yeah now what was
4: your news story this week what caught your eye so my new story is about the babies um (laughs) so there was an article uh written by rianne kirby on Stylist this week uh talking about young women and freezing their eggs and it really struck a chord with me because I've had a number of friends that have gone through the process of freezing their eggs. We've spoken about the cost; it costs about five thousand pounds to to, mm-hmm. to freeze your eggs, and it's fundamentally IVF. But it got me thinking: at what point would I decide that I wanted to freeze my eggs? Because I'm single, I do want to have kids. I'm 34. And I've had heard this term, you know, geriatric motherhood, oh, which is something. Th- that yeah, that was doctors on my have form. Coined. Yeah,
3: yeah, I'm th- I was thirty-five when I gave birth, um, and yeah, it was um, it was on my on my form, geriatric mother. But it um, just is mind blowing, yeah. especially if you.
4: Oh, I'm not even anywhere near the process. There's not even there's no men poking <laughs> around here. Figuratively, figuratively, it's figurative, <laughs> figative, whatever that. Figuratively and, and literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. <laughs> uh, straight in, girls, yeah. I love it. I love but it's it's uh, <laughs> increased. It's become increasingly popular. Um, in the UK over the last few years. Mm. And I'm wondering if that's because doctors have noticed it's a bit of a cash cow. Mm. And so are, are these cosmetic doctors or whatever you want to call them, are they scaring women into going down this road? And then you were like, actually... What was that? you Anna? <laughs> Anna was
3: like, right. actually, I've had a look at this. I well, I have. I actually did a report for it um, for BBC Inside Out um, about five six months ago, and I'd heard of it as you say, and it's referred to as social egg freezing. And having spent a couple of days in uh, in a top clinic, you know, in in London, and seen the process and followed the stories of um, some women who who want to go down that route, it really opened up to me actually that this is something that I might consider now there is the massive financial implication and I do not have five grand just being trucked around readily however I am getting older and as I was explaining to the girls uh, before the show um, you know I do want a sibling for my 18 month old but I'm, I'm coming up 37 now we're not in a position to have another baby for a good couple of years uh, for due to work reasons um, so realistically I'm looking around 40 and uh, until I want to have another baby mm. and we all know the scaremongering in, in the press and the media there is a lot of truth behind that um, and that was I was told that by my obstetrician um, so yeah I have looked I've had, I've had my eggs checked I went to go to a fertility clinic to see what my fertility was like fortunately it's okay at the moment but if I go back next year and I see that my fertility has, has dropped and the quality of my eggs has dropped then uh, I, my desire to have another child is, is great enough that I actually would consider freezing my eggs but you're not alone because
4: last month according to the Human Fertilisation and Embryology Authority uh, hun- 1000 one hundred and seventy-three egg fertilisation cycles were carried out in the UK. Mm. In 2001, it was just 29. Mm. And so this is something that has really captured the psyche of young women.
3: Pati- so, particularly in London as yeah. well.
4: I've, from, from
2: known of, uh, I've got a couple of friends who've gone through this process. And what I didn't actually realise, I probably should have done, that it is essentially the same as going through IVF. Mm. It's just at the end, they obviously don't put the two, the two bits together that make the baby. What two bits then? <laughs> well, I just don't know if I can say it because of the time. It's no, like no, quarter you past can't seven. Say it. It's just the way you said it. I was like,
4: what, the what two bits? Two bits? <laughs> the <What>? two
2: <laughs> biological bits that join together to make a baby, you know. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> but then I got Enjoy my tea. Tea. And yeah. then there's, you know, I've got lots of my friends who are like pulling yeah. together these this five grand to go through yeah. this process. And then I'm like, well, you can get IVF on the end. NHS why can you not get egg freezing on the NHS and
3: should mm. you mm. i mean i don't know what you think i think it's a tricky one isn't it because it's about choice um, and where do we stop when mm-hmm. it comes to, you mm-hmm. know, what is a choice and what should everyone be well, available to I kind of feel like if you're allowed, like, what do they do? One one round it, on it, the it's all issues? It's all a, lo- a postcode lottery. Right, uh, okay. My experience of that, really? uh, yeah, depending on where you live, um, some, some, t- some places you get one round, sometimes you, you get none, some you get three. Yeah. Uh, it, and I have a friend that's gone, gone through that process um, in a London borough and she only qualify for one round, yet I know other people that have qualified for two or three. Um, I think it is very much a personal choice and I think particularly with um, social egg freezing or egg freezing it is still such an uncharted territory. I remember when I was doing my film uh, 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 a few months ago, there there actually haven't been that many babies that have been born as a result of it yet because women right. haven't come back to the clinic yet. They've got a lot of okay. them stored. I, well, I went into the freezer rooms, um, but actually they haven't come back yet to actually go through the process of it. And let, let's not forget, this isn't a guarantee. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no guarantee you're going to get a baby out of it at the end, but it, it is an insurance policy. Yeah. So I guess when it, when we're looking at an insurance policy, uh, I think certainly I don't think we're anytime soon for, for that going to be available um, on the NHS, I don't, I don't believe.
4: Uh, so I was looking again, going through the article, some of the things that stood out was that most of the women that are freezing their eggs are in London. Yeah. They are single mm-hmm. and the average age is falling. So the average age now is 36.7 yeah. years. And over the next couple of years, I'm sure we'll see that come down even further. So, So will we get into a position where we start to see 20-year-olds, you know, women in their 20s, saying, "Oh, well, I've been single for the last five years because (laughs) Tinder's just messed up the world of dating." Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And now I'm going to freeze my eggs. But it's probably the best age
2: to do it, though, right, Anna? When you go, do you think?
3: Yeah. It is very much in, in your twenties, and I think we we investigated this. I don't know about you, but certainly in my teens and twenties, we spend such a lot, amount. The, the education that we're given is don't get pregnant, don't <laughs> get <laughs> pregnant. So you literally spend every month going, oh my god, <laughs> I'm not pregnant. <laughs> and the point is, I think, and I think their message was we've forgotten to celebrate that actually yeah. um, that we are we are in the best position possible physically. Mm-hmm. And we're not. Uh, let's take away, you know, career choice and financial and everything else, but physically in our twenties, that is when we are best placed to have a baby. Um, So yes, I would say, I think the more educated we become on, 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 on career choices and life choices, then I would say, yes, your 20s is probably the best chance and best time to harvest any of those eggs.
2: And what was our last story of the week? What caught your eye? And Something that so- might
4: make you not want to have
3: babies. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, from one extreme to yeah. the other. And I only speak here of knowledge. And, and I'm sorry. Do you know what? And I have become a baby boy, girls. I'm really sorry. But it mean, it's not a ba- no, no, it is. Because before I had a baby, I was like, oh, I'm not going to be one of those people that does all they talk about are the babies. That's all I talk yeah, about. But it's a <laughs> massive new oh, job. You're the
2: CEO oh. of a human being. Like, yes, that, I am. I mean, that's a t-shirt. A t-shirt <laughs>
4: CEO of a human being.
2: I mean, I if I got a job as a CEO, I would not stop talking about it because I can imagine yeah. the challenges that would we'll bring. It's the
3: same thing <laughs> as far as I'm CEO concerned. I a CEO of my human. child. I will do this. Well, um, you think you are until yeah, it gets a bit actually, older. I'm going to downpour what I'm doing and that's the other thing I realise is no one knows what they're doing. We're all just making it up as we go along. Even CEOs don't Even know what they're doing. CEOs, they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, a particular headline caught me this week um, is that breastfeeding drove me to depression and this, was, um, this wasn't this was me um, uh, particularly but it was a young lady called Lauren Franks um, from Kent who um, who Who? is opening up about and she has a, a good blog now and a, and a support network available to all uh, mothers particularly first-time mothers but it can be at any point of, of motherhood that are really struggling to breastfeed and there is no more an emotive topic or controversial topic than boob versus bottle and i know mm. this myself i struggled to breastfeed i went on to formula um but yes a lot of there's so much pressure in society um when it comes to motherhood and people forcing their opinions on you and what your choices should be and not enough of actually taking responsibility and allowing us to make our own choices so it flagged to me because i was just like good for you girl for speaking out about it um yep. i think it's whatever whatever the mother mother knows best
2: yeah. yeah there's so much pressure on mothers aren't there but um i think we're and gonna it's hard yeah Sorry, and it's hard to
3: breastfeed for a lot of people and i think that was her point <laughs> Joined. With... Hello. She's that bad. Yes. I can't even
4: speak to <laughs> Get today. the woman a gin
2: ah, by <laughs> the amazing Laura Harper Hinton, who's the co-founder and creative director of Caravan Restaurants and Caravan Coffee Roasters. Welcome.
0: Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much.
4: So some extras on your bio. You love beautiful food design. Grey and a tape measure. Yes. That's come from your book profile. It has. That's so does that right. sum you up?
5: It, it pretty much does, yeah. Tell us more
4: <laughs> about the beautiful food.
5: Well, beautiful food has been part of my life um, forever, for absolutely ever. We have got a beach house. I'm originally from New Zealand, as the accent suggests. Um, we have a beach house in the Marlborough Sounds, which is the top of the South Island, um, which we started going to when I was three years old. I'm from four girls. I'm the eldest, and um, I learned to deep sea dive when I was 14 years old, wow. went crazy crayfish diving, scallop diving, oysters, mussels, crabbing on the beach. Oh God, I want and to be then, you. Yeah. <laughs> and then also my grandparents um, had a farm in the Canterbury Plains, which is kind of the middle of the, middle of the South Island. And um, I grew up hanging out on the farm, going farming with grandfather and granny. And yeah, so land and sea and everything to do with food has always been an absolute passion of mine
3: why the heck are you here? <laughs> yeah. That was my because, question, yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hmm,
3: let's process that for a I was just minute. like, yup, yeah. yep, 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 tick, I'm
5: moving. Great Britain has got amazing food as well. And actually it was quite interesting when we first moved here. I moved here 18 years ago and, you know, one of the things that New Zealand's really well known for is New Zealand lamb. Um, and so it was sort of like a massive challenge to find amazing produce and amazing um, products over here. And um, now I'm kind of a convert to Welsh lamb, saltmarsh Welsh lamb, so... <laughs> which is a little bit I shouldn't really be saying that but I love it and so I think you know UK is absolutely incredible for food as well.
4: And so how did you start the journey of basically saying you want to set up a restaurant chain and you want to specialize in coffee because you know what you what I heard was lots of outdoor lots of seafood And, you know, it's a bit of a leap, but in my mind anyway.
5: Yeah, I mean, the the weird thing about New Zealand and Australia is that for about 30 years we've been really into specialty coffee, what we call specialty craft coffee. And I don't know where it's come from because it's not particularly close to any um, geographical regions producing coffee, but it's been an obsession of ours for a long time. So that's kind of part of our our upbringing, if you like. We've got sort of more cafes and restaurants per capita, I think, in Wellington where where I moved to when I was 10. So that's a huge part of our upbringing as well. Um, And then the food element, the food side of things, I went to uni and um, always worked in restaurants and, and cafes when I was growing up and it was just a real passion of mine. So when we arrived in the UK 18 years ago, we realized quite quickly that there was a gap in the market with regards to the coffee roasting side of things, um, and then we just wanted to bring the two passions together, which was slightly random. Um, I don't think there was any anywhere at, um, at the time when we opened ten years ago that was had a coffee roaster in the basement and was also sort of a bona fide restaurant. But it was kind of just a marriage of two passions. We all like. had our jars and yeah. yeah, Exactly. <laughs>
2: you know what? For years, yeah. I didn't realize I was drinking such bad coffee until I actually went to Australia, where my sister now lives. Yeah. And then you suddenly, I suddenly realized there's this whole world of, like you say, that craft. <gasps> She's just coffee cr- yeah.
3: I'm smell. having that Can for my, my coffee it? machine yeah. 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 I like uh, your, your Linda oh Bellingham impression That's... there of, of giving the coffee beans a little yeah. shake <laughs> but li- li- as I did that the
2: smell
4: is mm. amazing
2: yeah. but it's it's one thing to want to merge those two but you know oh. to, to go from going oh wouldn't it be nice to have like yeah. a mixture of coffee and grape food and all this stuff but you've actually made that happen yeah. so like where did that moment come from we are like you know what actually we're going to open somewhere yeah. and we're going to do this and you you have any experience of running you know a restaurant before tell us a bit about that
5: yeah no I mean I have two business partners Miles and Chris Chris is also my partner in life as well um, we all worked in the same place in New Zealand sort of 22 years ago Miles was the head chef um, Chris was the head bartender and I was the maitre d and we used to sit around after work drinking way too much tequila and just talking about opening a place at some point and we all found ourselves in London at the same time and then we just kept talking basically and then at some point you've got to stop talking and you've actually you just got to do it, and it took us a long time to find a site. It was a real struggle to get funding. Wow. Obviously, you know, restaurant sector is very, um, you know, risk. Of, the banks are risk adverse, um, so we. I think we went to the, all the main high street banks, got turned away, and then finally managed to get a little bit of cash from Lloyds in the end. But um, yeah, it took us a long time to find the site. It took us a long time to get the money, um, and then we put absolutely every penny of our own cash into the project as well. So it was sort of make or break. So it was just what really was that? lucky that it worked. What year was that? It sounds um, like 2010, it was so Gosh. just a
4: bit after the financial crash. So that was another yes. thing that
5: wasn't helpful at all. Yeah. Is that it was basically the height of the recession because 2009 was when we were building the restaurant. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah.
3: But it's one heck of a gamble, as it, you say. It was. The restaurant trade, I think, as we all know, is is notoriously risky. You must have had to have one heck of a lot of self belief mm. in not only yourself but the other two, course, especially yeah. when you're mixing business with pleasure yeah. as well. I mean, yeah. you know, that's all. because yeah, right? we've I've been, been friends have... for years. <laughs> exactly. But also the sites that you've got your restaurant. I mean, we're not talking, you know, uh, you know, two meters squared, you know, in the back alley somewhere. We're talking prime location in London. So how did that really become a reality? I mean, how much? It, it was involved in making that get up and running and now to be the success it is
5: yeah um, I, I think when you when you start a business in food and coffee and wine and all the rest they're obviously your passions and what you realise quite quickly is that it's actually not a lot to do with the food and the wine and the coffee obviously that's what you're you know serving to your customers it's got to be you know evolving the whole time and, and, and as brilliant as it can be but you actually have to know so much about everything else like mm. we know we're experts in extract now we're experts in rent reviews and you know so mm. so yeah it, it, it is a it is a lot of um, kind of business acumen that you learn along the way I'm not saying we went into it knowing what we were doing we didn't have a clue so yeah you just learn it and you work hard and and you hope that everything works out Um, I think yeah hard work and grit and determination is definitely what what, what gets Mm. you there. And where's the first branch? Um, the first one was the Nexmouth Market in Farringdon right and then yep. the next one was King's, King's Cross. Cross and that was kind of a game changer for us because that was like that's the one quadruple the know. size yeah. yeah exactly yeah right out on Granary Square beautiful yeah. fountains just stunning building yeah okay. it's amazing
2: Laura in our production meeting we were talking about how spot on all your branding is and mm. the aesthetics and I know you're co-founder and also creative director and you're yeah. just talking there about the different roles in terms of running a business have you always had a creative direction role or is that something something that's that's come as the business has got bigger, as you've kind of launched books. tell us And can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, the role of aesthetics and the brand in the business? Success?
5: Yeah, I mean, I've always overseen that. Yes, I do all the design for the restaurants as well. And yes, I oversaw the graphic design and and um, everything that you touch and feel from a design perspective, I um, oversee and, and have, you know, developed with our wonderful teams. Um, I actually studied law. So no, I haven't always had a um, creative background, um, but I think I've just always been a really... Really creatively passionate person so for me this is much more ideal I, I do get involved in the legals with the business as well but that's certainly not what I enjoy doing nearly as much as the creative mm-hmm. so yeah it's a, it's been a journey for me as well um, designing uh, Exmouth Market we had like literally no money so it was a very um, creative project in the sense of we had to really really make our money every single pound work for us and as we've developed um, you know we've, we've had a little bit more cash to throw at things but ultimately I still don't like spending too much on restaurants so it's still we still challenge ourselves to not you know go crazy on the on the fit outs or or the cutlery crockery anything yeah
3: interesting interesting
5: i was gonna say i'm looking
4: through the book um so um laura's just slid over the caravan book and it says morning brew breakfast brunch lunch afternoon tea dinner pudding drinks dining all day i mean this is my perfect <laughs> that is life, life. Yeah, that, that's that's my life and Mond- it's, the, yeah. it's a wedge of a book yeah, as well. yeah. oh yeah <laughs> and then i open the first page and then there's a picture of the ocean uh and then it basically talks about having lots of small plates and 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 things and and lots of sharing food so absolutely wonderful Tell us how the food then comes together to create the environment that, that you want. Because the thing that I notice that's different to other restaurants is the sharing place. Small things that lots of people can tuck into. And I'm going to be honest, I don't actually like sharing my food. Yes, it's you the one don't. place that I will share my and food. And I forget.
5: I'm like, should we order some chips and to share? Like, no. And she's like, no, I don't share food. i yeah. like, I love yeah. that. <laughs> um, so i tell you what I do love about the fact that we're a sharing restaurant is... It attracts a lot more females, mm-hmm. ironically. Um, I think women are better at sharing food. Um, men tend to be more typically, I don't want to share my plate. <laughs> You're so right. My oh, husband <laughs> I I, literally has a tantrum <laughs> if I, if okay. I snick a chip like, off his plate. <laughs> and I'm just like,
0: sort it out.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it is a bloke thing and I yeah. am going to put it out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we've, d- we've actually just opened a restaurant in the city and um, the, the one thing that I love the most about it is I feel like we're catering to the women of the city mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. it's really like 60 or 70% filled with women, which I just think is fantastic cuz they like our food it's quite healthy it's very plant based um you know lots of like grain bowls but also you know crickets and all the rest as well it's not too healthy crickets but hang on croquettes sorry oh, that's I my accent oh yeah like... no, that is a trend as well what? but we haven't got crickets on the menu at the moment <laughs> what, what is,
3: croquettes For anyone that hasn't hasn't been to your fabulous restaurant so yeah what is the concept behind behind the food
5: yeah well we call we call it well traveled um and it is i think i've written it and there it is one of the first questions that people ask when when you say you've got a restaurant um is what what is the food and um, um, ours is actually slightly difficult to define in the sense of it is, there are no geographical boundaries. So we don't, um, you know, we don't say we're Italian. We don't say we're Mediterranean or Israeli or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, we, it's well-traveled. We've picked up inspiration from, we've all traveled extensively, picked up inspiration along the way. My business partner, Miles, um, you know, is the head chef. He, you know, creates the most amazing dishes from all over the world. I wouldn't call it fusion either, though, because mm. it's not sort of mucking around too much on the plate. So, and then obviously one of the concepts is very much that it's for sharing small plates but we do have large plates as well and then we do loads of brunch in the weekend so Great. it's like bringing that kind of coffee antipode mm. and kind of sunny oh, eggs into the vibes S- how many people did you say you employed well currently it's 250 i mean yeah. God, oh my
4: goodness and, and we were talking about offshoots as well so you know world domination basically and you're saying there are lots of other things that you also have yeah yeah so
5: we're um just about to launch a an eight and a half thousand square foot victorian warehouse which is going to be our new flagship roastery and that's going to have a brand new concept for us in it which is like a croissantery and sourdough bread baking um space which will be part of a a croissantery um which is all about laminated products which i'm currently utterly obsessed with um so we're going to have really really cool creative um croissants and morning buns and tea cakes and all manner of Beautiful, delicious baked goods oh. being produced there and then shipped to the sites. Um, but that's officially going to launch at our our brand new restaurant, which is also opening <laughs> around the same time. So quite um, busy times at the moment. July um, is our new restaurant in Great Portland Street. Wow! Yeah, and that's can have-
3: I can I point out as well amongst all of this, you have two kids. Yes, I mean. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I have one and I can barely, su- I barely function. Okay, uh, and I waft in and out of radio for a living.
5: You have two hundred and fifty people to pay and two children. How on earth does that work? How well, old are they? As well, oh, they. Um, Arlo is a six and a half, and Otis is four. It's two I boys. Love those, yeah. Very, oh, very oh, cool, little boys. Yeah. Um, we. Well, I'm extremely lucky. My partner Chris is also my business partner, and we have a really, really great um, kind of very equal relationship as far as the children's upbringing is concerned so that's super helpful he helps mm. even down to the admin of the children which you know I think a lot of women take on just mm. because they have to take it on not even realize that husband society even... makes
3: us feel we have to exactly and I'm with you we have a 50 yeah.
5: 50 relationship too exactly yeah. and I think that that is really brilliant but we also have a nanny so mm-hmm. and she's been with that us helps. for five years she is amazing so we literally couldn't do it without her yeah. <laughs> yep. and so going hard. back so what is
4: a day like for you then you know, mornings at home with the family. I think I saw an article on you in Evening Standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was Victoria Stewart, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what what is life like? What's a day like, given that you've got the restaurants, you've got new new venues opening, you've got products? Are so you talking about um, kombuchas? You know, how
5: how does the day pan out? Yeah, I don't know. Actually, sometimes it's just I, I've got this fantastic new organisation tool called Trello that I use a lot, which actually has just completely saved my life with a whole load of balls in the air all the time. I feel like sometimes you know you're barely you're barely getting through what you need to get through in a day. But it's so I think it's fluid um, to the point where. You know, some structure would probably be nice, but yeah, it, it's just a matter of so many balls in the air and just trying to get to, just trying to get through it. To be mm-hmm. honest, and and as far as where I am, we don't have an office at the moment, but we're going to have an office at the new um, warehouse, the new roastery. So that'll be super exciting. The first time that the whole company's kind of been together. Are you winning a life
4: if you basically get out the door? Yeah.
5: Okay. What time I you think up? that's what I'm trying to say. What time yeah. do you get up? I mean, what, yeah, what, is, what is your wake-up time? Um, well, our wake-up time at the moment is anywhere from 5.45am till, I mean, yeah, it's kind of that at the moment. Our four-year-old is, actually, no, it's a six-year-old right now, is just waking up super early. Oh, so, gosh. But, yeah, yeah, which is kind of annoying, but at the same time, we kind of need to get cracking anyway. And the one thing I am trying to do at the moment is, is go to the gym at least a couple of times a week because mm-hmm. that keeps me a little bit sane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Laura, can you tell us where did the name Caravan come from? Yeah, um, that took us about eighteen months to come up with. Mm. Name, naming a, a business is so difficult, mm. um, and we just—I I kept the notebook, and as we were, you know, talking about, kept talking about it over eighteen months. I wrote down every single name that we'd come up with, and then we kept shortlisting, shortlisting, <coughs> shortlisting, and we just felt that it encapsulated what we what we were about, which was, you know, it's it's well, you know, the well-travelled food concept, the fact that it's very nomadic, um, kind of the gypsy trail. We, I mean, we were, you know, touring around with like jetan some sort of quite gypsy um, connotations. But, you know, caravan, it's, it's also a very beautiful word written down as well. Mm-hmm. Like graphically, I really liked it too. I think... Initially, people were a little bit like, "Oh, that's kind of a strange name for a restaurant," and and in a way, it is. But it works. So, but yeah. also yeah, gets people talking. Yeah, because, exactly. and that's the thing. I mean,
3: and I think you're so right because it, I couldn't even imagine how you you'd go about getting a name because you just can't get it wrong. No. And and, and exactly. how many do you hate? the Oh, it's a bit lame, you know. Oh, it's the something something like you know yeah. that, as you say, it immediately it's thought provoking. Yes. I mean, thought provoking enough for us to first even ask you the question. Do you exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. And I think it's I think it's great. Yeah.
2: And what's next for your
5: uh, empire building there? Are you opening up overseas? So we we've, I've always been really, really interested in that. Um, and, you know, I think coming from New Zealand, we all come from New Zealand. Um, I would like to, you know, think that at some point we might have something in Asia. Um, I've mm. also been very, very interested in Los Angeles and New York always just because I take a lot of food inspiration and design inspiration from those places, San Francisco. Um, but, you know, I, I think Europe is a really interesting place at the moment as well. So especially for the craft coffee scene, Um, you know there's a lot of places in Europe that are finally sort of unfolding to you know the notion of a different style of coffee you know Mm -hmm. as opposed to just the kind of Italian roast dark roast style so you know there's probably a lot of business opportunity over there as well Um, so yes I'd love to think that at Mm. some point we might creep our way closer back to New Zealand
2: (laughs) and what what have you learned as a as a business owner because like myself and Nat we've had our own businesses I know personally I've seen I've seen my business changed as I change Mm. have you noticed that I mean, you've got two other people involved in the business, but have you yourself grown and changed as a businesswoman? And, you know, when when you sort of look back on those sort of early days, is there anything that you would, any advice that you would have given to... You know, Laura in her first year of business?
5: Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question, and I think it's a really good question as far as being a woman in business as well, because um, certainly in the hospitality sector, we are underrepresented um, mm. rather substantially. In fact, I find myself in meetings where I am literally the only female there, um, and what the advice I probably would have given Laura of 10 years ago is um, that you don't have to, you know, take on the same characteristics as men to achieve what you need to achieve. So I think I came into situations a little bit too aggressively sometimes, mm. probably trying to prove myself. Self too much, you know, being too i don't know whatever it was that it, i think looking back i didn't need to do that i should have realized that i had the talent and the confidence and i didn't need to kind of take on those other characteristics i could have just been myself a little bit more um you know that said i did get the results i needed but you yeah. know I, I do look back thinking oh it's pr- probably you know
3: but probably that's yeah. the benefit of hindsight now <laughs> exactly. and, and perhaps you, you wouldn't have had um yeah that success if you hadn't adopted Possibly. that behavior yeah. but you'll never know but you say oh, i think it's lovely isn't it particularly I, I love getting older actually in a weird way yeah. because i, I I think there is a sense of more calm and a bit more knowledge confidence about yourself exactly. and, confidence yeah. and acceptance and it's the same it's like i don't know about you girls but i'd look back and i and go just stop having to try so hard yeah. i mean yeah. just accept totally. yeah. a bit and yeah. as you say put the trust in your talents and what you've got and and i think i live a lot of imposter syndrome do you know what i mean so well, i think you try yeah, to yeah. 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 Well, that's
5: but that's a topic that comes volumes. up a lot yeah mm. imposter syndrome is that something that ever has ever been a challenge for you do you think so not myself but but my three sisters and my mother all have it and mm. um, it's something that we've always talked about as a family um, I I have always been quite a confident person and I, I, I as very, the eldest
4: child probably mm. I think
5: it is mm. where I am in the family I think it's the responsibilities that I took over mum went back to work in between all of us um, you know she was entrepreneur herself and so I think I always sort of had a lot of confidence and didn't suffer from the imposter syndrome so much, but it's something that I understand because I've discussed it a lot in our family. Um, You know, I think we all lack confidence though at times. And Mm. I think women are are particularly, you know, not so good on the confidence front when, you know, they really should be. Well,
3: particularly (laughs) if you're the minorities, you've just explained, you know, you go into big business power, you know, power meetings and you've got a new business venture and you're the only woman. Mm. Um, Yeah. You can, you
5: can understand why it's wrong, but Mm. but you can understand why. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And have you ever gone
2: down the investment route in terms of the business? Yeah, so
5: last year we took on investment for the first time. So it was just the three of us previously um, and we've self-funded the whole way through with some support from the bank going forward. And then um, we had these two projects in the mix and we just needed a bit more cash, but we also wanted some, I personally really wanted some business mentorship. I felt like I'd got to a bit of a a stage where I wanted to kind of grow myself. So for me, that was my motivating factor for, um, you know, for the three of us deciding um, to get some investment, and it's a minority stakeholding from a private equity fund. Um, so, and they've been fantastic so far. So exciting, <laughs> yeah. I'd like
4: yeah. to end, end the uh, the conversation on food. So, yes. a bit from the book. <laughs> <Of course laughs> would. Yeah, Are yeah. you hungry now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was presented this beautiful book, and I'm looking at these pictures. And so now, yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it says people love to share food together. So why restrict to the why restrict them to their own individual starter, main course, and pudding if they're they would prefer to sh- prefer to share, can't, can't talk or read. So what are your favorite sharing, or f- specifically for me, brunch dishes?
5: brunch so i it for me there's a couple um we do this amazing cornbread french toast oh yeah which is killer i've had it before <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and because the cornbread we've been doing literally since we opened so it's quite it's quite dear to my heart that one um and it's great cornbread french toast is brilliant mm. um my other great one which is kind of more the you know decadent one would be um king kimchi pancake with slow cooked um slow cooked pork and gotcha ketchup okay you need to break that down want one, that one so on kimchi pancake is um essentially just like a really lovely thick pancake with kimchi layered through it and okay. you know soy sauce and coriander and spring onions and deliciousness yeah. really nice that was moist. sound effects in my brain yeah Thanks. moist yeah, yeah. pancake <laughs> and then the slow cooked um pork belly okay. is just um is slow braised with um you know star anise and soy and you know very like, lovely really asian flavors um and then the gochujang um ketchup is just a fermented chili bean um uh, ketchup paste that we've sort of um pulled out with, you know, various other ingredients. Is it on the menu of now? Oil. <laughs> uh, it is on the menu now, actually. Okay. We we, we, we tried tomorrow. to take it off and there was a bit of a to-do. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so, so we put it back on again. <laughs> to do delivery. Yeah. 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 We don't actually. We've got two hours to go, girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy. Um, and then the other one, because I am really massively into healthy food, is the grain bowl. Um, so it's just, you know, lovely quinoa and buckwheat and amaranth and... Um, uh, uh, seeds and sprouts and yeah, these broccoli make me gassy. and harissa so, and okay. <laughs> yeah it laura, would, okay yeah. well so not yeah. for you then not, not for no. you you go you go for the
2: pancake yeah yeah laura what sort of cultural <laughs> food trends are you seeing I, I feel like there's always a bit of a certain cultures or certain yeah. uh, countries that always seems to be a little bit Inge of a has, yeah, yeah has a little bit of a moment mm. what's coming through now in terms of food trends
5: yeah well i mean that's what is so awesome about living in london is it's just the food scene here is just. You know, absolutely kicking ass um, and so one thing that I'm seeing a lot more of although it's been popular for a long time is Israeli food and, go- and Israel itself as a destination for food is really really um, in the seems to be a lot of talk about that at the moment um, I would say Chinese street food is another really really interesting one there's this amazing place that's just opened up in Chinatown that's serving um, crepes but made with um, wonton wrappers it sounds amazing mm-hmm. and that's all yeah. they do mm. um, which you know I like this kind of single product place um, and then for me I'm as I mentioned before, all about the laminated products, so croissants and croissant like this laminated. Of, yeah, what so do you that's mean by the laminated? the process of making the um, of making a croissant based products. Oh. So it's um, the the um, when you create all the layers, you know, so it's got those beautiful. Yeah. Did you yeah. did you see
3: the news this week? The the the, the charcoal yeah. uh, croissant. Um, yeah. I tried that, uh, and, and it was it, it was actually very tasty. <laughs> I mean, it was tasty. It was very sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, an interesting concept. It was a, yeah, yeah a, a very. It looked well. It didn't look appetising in the slightest right. what, do you like
5: those kind of trends
3: or are you, are you not really into them? so that? they're
5: probably a little bit gimmicky yeah. for a caravan um, although I always love to try things like that um, but would we put them on our menu? maybe not No. Um, but you know all, all I love trying anything love trying anything so Why <laughs> haven't not? tried that one yet I, I would say keep it off the menu <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> if, uh, it, uh, it,
3: yeah. as you say nice gimmick Give yeah. made a few headlines <laughs> that's about it, it. exactly exactly
2: <laughs> Laura thank you so much for joining us I've just been in awe of your like badassery in terms of like running your business 250 employees like that's been saying if anybody um wants to know more about you and about caravan where can they find more information
5: uh well the website is a good place to start um and then i guess my instagram yeah. <laughs> all the socials yeah and your exactly. book? when does the
2: book come out or so out the now? book is out mm. yeah
5: yeah it's um it, when i can't even remember when that came out i think it was like nine months ago or so great yeah. great gift great. That. Yeah. yeah good yeah, gift exactly. present i think yeah. Yeah. Mm. well and i'm 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 gifting it to you. Ah. Ah. We'll 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 look out for that, thank you so much.
2: We are joined by the amazing Bonnie Parsons, founder of Scene On Screen Dance, mm-hmm. who's come into the studio to teach us to dance like Beyonce. Of whoop course, whoop. what else? What else? I'm so excited. I, but first, I mean, I'm just like, I, I've got lots of questions. Like, yeah. you know, what, how, how come you're now teaching us how to dance like Beyonce? What's your backstory?
6: Um, I was a professional dancer and I was working for people like, well, Beyonce's dance team. Were uh, one of the Did teams. Did you meet Beyonce? <laughs> no. Just pause. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, Beyonce's
6: just casually, dance team. Beyonce, just guys. Like it's a-, a long story. I feel like I've got time. We have, okay. we, got, we have. an hour
3: and a half. Go okay.
6: <laughs> I'm Beyonce. I know that I'm going to have some competition here, but I am definitely in the running as Beyonce's number one fan. Hang on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's going to get Sexton has it. She's yeah. it. She's labelled it. Uh, so, and this is nothing new. I began my dance career, like basically, and I went. Oh my god, really long story. I went to Blues, um, you know, Blue the boy band. Okay, all right. I went to Lee Ryan's birthday party Did in you? like 2003. Oh, okay, so. casual. Yeah, I just just yeah. showed Beyonce's
2: dances and then Lee Ryan. It's, yeah, it's Showbiz. a long story
6: how I managed to do that. But Beyonce, crazy and love came on, and you can imagine at the time there's lots of celebrities. I was there with my big sister. Beyonce Crazy in Love came on. I strutted onto the dance floor <laughs> <wall. laughs> and I did Beyonce's Crazy in Love routine. By yourself? The whole routine? The whole th- yeah, on my own. I want to at, learn that at routine. At Lee Ryan's birthday party. At Lee Ryan's... And all of these people, all the blue boys were like, who on <laughs> <earth is that?" laughs> My sister was like, why did I bring her? I-, <laughs> I have known her choreography for a long time. Um, and then, so basically, I worked with Kelly Rowland. Yeah. So I was like, girl... Well, one yeah. step away. Yeah. <laughs> then, um, do you remember when Beyonce was with Alexandra Burke on X Factor? Yeah. Yes. yes. So, Alexandra Burke hired, I hope I can say this on the radio, I'm yeah, sure I can, can. Um, hired Beyonce's team. Beyonce was having a baby at the time to do all of her stuff. So, then she had a big open audition and it was Frank Gatson, it was all of Beyonce's choreographers. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, I'm going to book that job. <laughs> and I did, luckily. Amazing. <laughs> so, I was like, I had like two weeks with them and i was just like teach me everything like soaking it up again they're probably like who's the crazy girl um but i just learned so so much so i feel like i can when i teach my students it's coming from the source
4: well and and for anyone listening that doesn't know frank gatson look him up look him up look him up look him up
6: tell us a bit more because i don't know who that is frank gatson jaquel knight chris granted Oh my God. Oh, you're totally creative direct. number one fan, I don't know any of um, <laughs> this Yeah, they're incredible. So I feel.
4: So you learned from the source. I
6: learned from the source. But I think what's so fascinating about dancing is that if I'm ever in a situation where I need to draw on the strength, I know that as a dancer, I'm trained mentally and physically trained to be strong. And I can't imagine not having that. So for me, it's like girl power, you know, I think if I was a woman in my situation where you're trying to challenge yourself and push yourself and you're doing all these things, if you didn't have that background, how would it be? So through dance, we give women that power and that confidence.
2: and how do you get because Beyonce has her old ego, Sasha Fierce, mm. right now? Yeah. I might dance around my bedroom, yeah, and in the kitchen, literally look like Beyonce. Yeah, but how, how do, do you? Of course I do. Of course you do. In my head, yes. yeah. yeah. But how do you get that? Why are you laughing now? You want to see me do that? the net. yeah. Um, how do you channel that? Because because uh, I think a lot of her dance routine is the attitude that comes with it. The way yes. she like struts in that Crazy in Love, where she's yes. got the pink dress on, yeah, and she like licks her finger. Are like, oh, it's so hot. I'll teach you that later. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, how do you, how, you've got to dial up the badass to yeah. the max. How do you do that? That's mentally well. Right? My uh,
6: life motto is if in doubt, get Sasha out. <laughs>
4: um, oh, yeah. Another yeah. t
6: shirt. That could be the better. i had it made <laughs> into a t shirt. <laughs> yeah. Write it down now. Yeah, if write it down. Love it. Um, down. And that's what you do. And so, I, when I teach my students, I always say it's not about getting the routine right. It's about committing to it so hard that if you make mistakes, commit to that mistake so you make it look like everyone else is going wrong. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. There's different levels. If you're you know, if it was an eighteen year old coming to me as a dance student saying, Please teach me to dance like Beyonce, I'd get hardcore on them. But if it's just people that want to have fun and let their hair down
3: and feel confident it's very different. Well, that, I don't know about you, about in or M, but I'm I'm a shocking dancer. Um, Everyone says that to me. No, but I am and I think well i think i have flat feet as well which don't help that has no um, that makes zero difference does it not? you see, have to see, do see, it in heels if and, you're beyonce well exactly and i think for, but that's the whole point it's the confidence when we got yeah. married i had a weird little dance lesson did uh, just, just for no both of us did for our first dance because i was that in like i was that embarrassed about it And all we did was just like sway along to a carol king number <laughs> uh, but i think it's the confidence please don't judge. Uh, i think it's the confidence as you say i just need to own it yeah
6: Except, well, our, our uh, slogan is see it, dance it, own it. Well, hey, mm. see. Because it is about that. And that's why I, I'm so passionate about it as a, I say as an adult, as more, more of a grown up now, is because there's so many metaphors that you can learn in the dance studio that you can take through to your everyday life. And you do have to own things. You do. You so do. Do you do classes around songs or yeah. styles or what? Like or an artist. It's a lot of the time. It's an artist. So, for example, Beyonce is like
4: number one. Um, but Am I we, learned yeah. to dance like Rihanna. Not that she yeah, dances. Yeah,
6: it's, it's different. Oh no, she oh she does. Well, well, she just she grinds. grinds. I can do that. <laughs> like, I, I,
4: yeah, I'm Jamaican. That's just yeah. standard form. Yeah, <laughs> on a Friday night.
6: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we do Beyonce, Rihanna, Britney, J Lo. They're really big ones I'd too. I'd love to dance like J-Lo. Oh, we yeah. need to go and do yeah. a class. Yeah. Like, like a J-Lo. Let's go yeah. and do it. We've got a J-Lo masterclass tomorrow to do the <gasps> get right routine. What time? Um, there's beginners 12.30, intermediate 3.30. And where, where can people <laughs> join? Where's this uh,
4: happening?
6: screen.dance is the website you need to go to. Mm-hmm. And it's in Southwark tomorrow um and it's just like we've known the dance breakdown again myself and my instructors since we were 15.
4: Okay so before we go into yeah. actually learning stuff is yeah. there an app can I go online and, and learn stuff do I have to come to a class how does it work? Yeah.
6: So you come to a class so based in London but we want to be all up and down the country uh the so world, coming soon global domination <laughs> yeah. empire um go on our website instagram SOSF Dance um and follow us there but if you want to actually be physically in class with us www dot. Seen on screen, dot w- what would be the
2: first move you'd teach us yeah good one i always think a strut is a really good Best, place to yeah. start that's strut in that crazy in love video like i'm just, oh my god i've got a massive girl crush when she just struts down and the wind's blowing in her hair and she's just like yeah don't <laughs> if you notice that's it. you all the time mate that's yeah. how i see is you <laughs> yeah do you yeah. ever do
6: that walking down the street when you've got your headphones on and suddenly you're in a Beyonce video? When like the wind is there and it's yeah. actually a wind machine, and
2: <laughs> normally, <laughs> I normally do it at the tube station. I'll they're like the best. stand there like they're yeah. the best
6: uh. <laughs> because as the tube comes through the platform. Yeah. It's like your hair exactly. goes. I'm with that. I'm already yeah. there. I'm already that, there. That's done
3: with me with the wind. That hair in my in my mouth yeah. and, and a massive wedgie up my butt. Yeah, and we've and got a in... Beyonce track playing now. Listen. So what
4: could we do to, what could we do to this for our listeners? You're gonna yeah. have to be quite. You're gonna have to talk it out. Visual. Gonna, yeah. So I'm doing a little shoulder sway at the moment.
3: I'm waggling me babs. <laughs> Is
4: there a, is there a hair flick that people could do to a Beyoncé track? Or do we need another one?
3: Um, I'm trying to think. Well, well you know you what?
2: In... I think you're oh, going to yeah. have to teach us in the break. I've got to go. And okay, you know, we're going yeah. to a break now. In the break, you're going to teach us how to be Beyoncé.
4: <laughs> and we'll put it on social media.
0: God, <laughs> oh, no!
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care.
5: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications
1: like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance
5: plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Badass
2: Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Badass Women's Hour XL and there's chaos here because just before the break we had Bonnie from scene on screen dance, talking all about dancing like
4: Beyonce.
3: Oh, we just
2: want to be, I just want to be everyone tonight. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just, yeah,
4: I want to do with that class But tomorrow. it was carnage. I think we forgot we were on the radio. Yeah, I did. And I we... got carried away. I was just in awe of
2: her. She's like, oh, well, I've worked with Beyonce's choreographer. Was like, what? Then, yes, exactly. And then,
4: yeah, I'm strutting my stuff at Blues Party. I'm like, I want your life. But also the tip. So what you didn't hear in the break was that actually when you hear a Beyonce track or you hear any track, most people nod their head forwards. Oh, yeah. It's a sort of a head bounce. And actually, if you do it backwards... You just look a bit cooler. Well, do, do I don't it know if way, I, I... Yeah, you'll know
3: yours is good. Do it me. So she was like... Bonnie
4: definitely did.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm not
4: sure I do.
2: No, I, I feel do like so some kind of funky chicken over there. That was, a little, that was a, little, yeah. a little tip yeah. that she shared. You
3: looked cool, that. Yeah. If I even tried I mean, to... you just being nice, I mean, like
2: I'm choking. <laughs> me and Anna, <laughs> yeah. or Alan over there. Alan, Alan doing her
3: dead dance. <laughs> Literally, you and me, we need to go to that class. I really <laughs> want we'll to But I'm not in the front row in a flipping crop top going on. You and I at the back doing the funky chicken oh dear
2: <laughs> and it's turning into a big i love we've got this big girl gown pussy here because we've still got bonnie in the studio with us and we're very very excited because we have a marsh Mallowist. 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 yeah welcome una sims the marsh mellowist who's yeah. going to tell us all about marshmallows
1: is that right it is indeed yes um <laughs> um, I'm here to talk about all our whole fruit handcrafted marshmallows <gasps> So tell us, is this your company, is it? Okay. It is, yes um, So I own The Marshmallowist uh, We create gourmet handcrafted marshmallows So for the past six years I've been whipping up marshmallows From fresh fruits, organic herbs, boutique alcohol And just Yet pairing
2: I, I was going to say, they're not just normal marshmallows They're mallows.
1: Are we marshmallows? No, no. We're yeah. definitely marshmallows, oh, we're marshmallows. Yeah. Yes. sorry. Yours sorry. have booze in them they do. Some do. I no wonder just Natalie you in. Yes, exactly. I can <laughs> still hear
2: marshmallow. I don't know what you are. Like. Marshmallow, we've been outvoted now. Let's just go with it.
1: <laughs>
4: Una's like, look. It's I, definitely I, marshmallow. I am I'm the sorry. marshmallowist.
2: Yeah, that's my <laughs> moniker. So Una, you're the first producer of Gourmet Marshmallows in the UK. That's quite a title. I Thank like you. It.
1: Mm-hmm. um yes we started um six years ago um i trained as a chocolatier patissier in france for four years wow what part of france um paris okay right. um how and- do you even get a job
3: like that or training like that because we were saying earlier it's not like it when we were at school and the careers advisor they're like yes yeah. you can be a chocolatier yeah i mean how does it even come about
1: um i literally moved after school i was 18 when i moved to paris right. um and I got um, it's an du chocolate box um, when I was oh no hotel chocolate sorry box when I was like twelve oh. and just got so madly keen on chocolate I was so. So incredibly amazed by the, these different flavors that you can combine with chocolate. And as soon as I left school, I was just like, right, that's it. I'm going to Paris. I'm going to live this incredible life yes. and drink red wine on the left oh. bank. <laughs> and this is where yeah. we're going wrong, girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, So I then moved to London and worked for artisan chocolatery here and started experimenting with different. Uh, chocolates and marshmallows after work and start experimenting. Why, why the ma-
4: marshmallows?
1: Uh, we used to make them in Paris, so mm. um, I just I really loved the process. It was really scientific. And you can you can be really adventurous with marshmallows. The recipe that I've created, um, it doesn't use egg whites, so it's really souffle-like in texture. So the different notes that you um, when you're eating them, the different notes and flavors come out really strongly. Um, And I just I loved the process. How do you make
2: them? Because I only know the really crappy ones that you get for kids, and I never eat them. And they just or like (laughs) yeah, I don't think I've ever had a gourmet marshmallow in my life, Una. Have you never had a gourmet (laughs) marshmallow? You're gonna change my life tonight.
1: <laughs> um, well I have brought loads for <gasps> oh, so um, right, yeah, you so I know why are you I'm going to shove one them? in my cup what goes into oh, making a marshmallow so we use whole fruits <laughs> um, and then it's whipped up and it's like paired with sugar and whipped up um, and you loads of air so you get like a really intense sort of fruity flavour from our marshmallows
4: And so because this is the review section, we will be reviewing this. So the one I'm about to taste now is passion fruit and ginger.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, And for anyone that is interested, I'm actually periscoping this. So if you go to Badass Ah. Women's HR, you can see what's going on. So I'm taking one of these. I love how
2: they're just near you, Nat. And Bonnie, it's it's not my jaw's yeah. That wasn't Am I allowed to double taste <laughs> at the
3: same time? <laughs> Can I try
1: the? um Oh whoa. Well, we have just <laughs> launched our Bloody Mary marshmallows, oh, okay. which is like a really oh, unexpected taste. We've got Paul calling in. Paul, do you want oh. to talk
2: about marshmallows with us? Hello, He's Paul. Like, Paul's like no. No.
1: Paul's like I'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) eggs. He's not on the line yet. Maybe he'll join us. Yeah, so they're really doing a little boomerang. They're really unexpected. It's like um, a very smoky, sort of intense heat, and Mm. it's not what you would imagine from a marshmallow. They look amazing. amazing. It's a savoury marshmallow. Would you like to throw one? Yeah, I would. I don't know how. Where are the champagne ones? Uh, They are here. Raspberry and champagne. Bestseller. Wow. Very popular. They've even got the amount of. Tabasco, right? Yeah, it's a really good like fiery kick
2: at the end. Really good. Where are these stocked? Where can you buy them?
1: Um, So we're stocked in Harrods and Selfridges and Harvey Nichols and one to be announced, but it hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's really big. And we also have an online website at themarshmallowist.com. These are
2: incredible.
3: I mean, these are, these are posh marshmallows. Yeah, Sorry, I, they are. I've never mouth. tasted anything like it. They're absolutely... I'm going to lunch at my mum's tomorrow. I'm going to <laughs> nip a box because yeah, yeah. they are really... This is like, this what, something seriously really good to turn up to What's the journey been with?
2: like, though, to get the product to this? Has there... And also to almost... I mean, you know, you are a premium product, so I imagine you're not massively mass-producing, but still it's more than making, say, one serving for a, a dinner party. Has yeah. there been a big journey in terms of refining the concept...
1: Very much so. The it's right. taken six years, obviously, to this moment now. Um, we've gone through however many packaging iterations and I've tested so many different recipes. Um, but it's... I know it's quite kicky, isn't it? Wow, it, it is. Um, but I developed the recipe and then just experimented, experimented, experimented. Um, I started off on a little market stall on Portobello Road and I was making marshmallows after work when I got home from the chocolatery, and I just yeah I just started sort of experimenting and like being inspired by different cocktails and different herbs and different spices, so I had a really good sort of training ground there on the market where it's like I could sort of give different flavored marshmallows to people and let them try them and get some immediate feedback mm. so but
4: starting a business isn't easy you know Bonnie's still in the studio as mm. well, and you know, sos is, is is your own business. How do you you know find the I guess the spirit to keep going and to get a new product out there into the consciousness? Because most people don't think, oh, I feel like a sweet treat. I'm going to buy marshmallows
1: infused with something. Um, Well, I obviously, as I mentioned, I trained as a patissier um, and I'm really proud to be a chef. And it's from that that I feel like I can create something intense and something real. Um, I didn't start this project as an entrepreneurial sort of scheme, It was just for the love of marshmallows that I ever started to do it. And I got loads of attention on the market um, and Harvey Nichols picked me up and it's kind of grown from there, really. I didn't do it to launch a product. I did it because I absolutely love marshmallows.
3: And I think that's the key isn't it it's doing something that you're you're passionate about and I think we've been hearing that particularly from you and obviously as you Bonnie you're so passionate about your dance it is just it is who you are if you stri- I can tell now if you stripped you ladies down to your core soul it would be a mallow center you are a mallow center <laughs> yeah. and you are just Beyonce basically <laughs> yes <laughs> and I think as you said that's that's a huge part of it you know it's it's having that passion to keep going because we're going to we're going to hit many humps in the road and it is just believing in yourself of isn't course. it but that's let's that's,
1: it's easier saying than done, though, isn't it? Yeah, massively. Like, I think personally, like, the these friends that I've sacrificed along the way, the late hours you can't do that. Yeah. You can't start up a project and start up a business <laughs> without sacrificing something. If you're not passionate about it, then you'll lose your way. Like, yeah. you just won't bother. You'll just be like, you know what? I'll just row and go and get a nine to five because yeah. I don't want to be up till 3am making marshmallows and i don't want to then get up at 6am to go and sell them on a market stall if you don't have that passion there then you won't bother doing it Mm. and you won't succeed and you won't last six years like it's Mm. difficult
3: and i think that's the thing isn't it business running your own business it is difficult it is
2: a
1: lot of hard work and
2: what next una for the business where do you want to take it what's your vision
1: um we would like to be sort of regarded as the premium marshmallow company in the uk UK, Europe, worldwide. Um, We're just about to launch in Germany and we just sort of want to get the... Get the knowledge about marshmallows out there. Like it's obviously still an unusual product, um, so it's a sort of education process with people, and for them to experience that it it's a gourmet product rather than just a normal marshmallow.
3: And I think that's exactly as you said, Emma. I yeah. think we all—correct me if I'm wrong—we a lot of us stereotypically think of a marshmallow in that it's a cheap bag, mm-hmm. and you only like the pink ones. Uh, <laughs> well, if you're me, I don't—I well, don't like the white ones, and you stick them over a bonfire on bonfire yeah, night. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's and true. actually, this is a whole new ball game. It's yeah. like it's like having cheap supermarket brand chocolate. And and you know the elite chocolate really isn't it? It's exactly, just, and, and everything in between. Mm. So
4: for the review, M,
2: oh, definitely five stars. I mean, it's I like nothing else I've ever tasted. Oh,
4: thank you. I'm going with you on 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 a five star. The, the one I put, the one I tasted was, just, you was lovely. I had passion fruit gin and ginger, and I'm gonna be tasting a champagne one. What
1: was the one that I had? I had a savoury one. Did you I? had the Bloody Mary? Did I? Yeah, nice. we've literally oh, just yeah. launched that. Um, we did it for a um, we did it for an event a few months ago. No, about a year ago now. Um, for like a cocktail cocktail menu and it was so popular and also a little bit divisive like it's a savory marshmallow Mm. people are not expecting that and some people really really love it some people really don't like it but um the majority of people have been really really positive towards it so we decided to launch it also it's unusual and that's what we want to be regarded as like the people that sort of push the boundaries of marshmallows bonnie
2: what's your rating how many beyonce struts um, infinite.
4: <laughs>
6: five star and also five star as a businesswoman too. Oh,
2: thank, thank you so much. That you. is badass. Thank you so much, Una. If we want to, if
1: people want to um, buy your product, where can they find it? Uh, the marshmallowist.com, Selfridges, Harrods, and Harvey Nichols worldwide. All the sorts. Thank you. One, two, three, four. This has been badass women's hours. Best bits. And do you know what? If you liked it, do rate, review, and subscribe. We love that because it makes us so happy. We will be here again, same time, same place, with the Badass Women's Hour podcast. But in the meantime, come follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the socials, at Badass Women's Hour.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.